the undraftedfreeagent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich. They can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh! Welcome on DraftedFreeAgent.com Mid-Major Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Thanks for joining me for another special edition, March Madness edition. So for those who listened to the previous podcast earlier today, I went through the West and South brackets, obviously with a mid-major slant. So now we're going to go through the East bracket as well as the Midwest. So let's start off with the East. Number one, Baylor versus number 16, Norfolk State. So Norfolk State 24 and 6, Baylor 26 and 6 out of the Big 12, Norfolk State out of the MEAC. This one is not going to be a contest. So the line is 20 minus 21 for Baylor. I like Baylor to cover that. So Baylor number 4 net rank versus number 156. Baylor 5 and 3 versus top 25 teams, Norfolk State 0 and 0. So they haven't played anyone. The MEAC is I would put it as the second lowest mid-major conference in college basketball behind the SWAC, which would probably be the worst. Um, so Norfolk State is a good team. I've watched them. They got in the tournament last year. They've got some dudes, but they're just overmatched, right? So Norfolk, number 119 in three-point percentage. Anytime you look at these big-time games, the 116 or the lopsided games, can that team shoot the three? Can they give them problems? And the problem in Norfolk State, they can't. So they have played a couple high major teams this year. They lost to a painfully average Xavier, 88-49 back on November 21. And then they got hammered by Wichita State, 71-58 on December 11th. So anytime they play anyone of note outside of their conference, they've been destroyed. You know, a 40 40-plus point loss to Xavier. Let me tell you something. Baylor might hammer Xavier by 40 points. So Baylor in a cakewalk, roll with that. Next game, no mid-major connection. North Carolina, the 8th seed versus number 9, Marquette. North Carolina, 3-point favorites. 24-9 on the season versus 19-12 and 12 for Marquette. North Carolina, 8-2 in their last 10 versus Marquette, 4-6. and six. I don't like teams that back into the tournament. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this. I mean, it's an 8-9 game, so it's always a pick but I do like North Carolina, even though it is hard to go against Shaka Smart, uh, who's now the head coach at Marquette, for those unfamiliar. But um, I do like the Tar Heels to get through this, and then that's about it. So, one of the play-in games is number 12, Wyoming versus Indiana. The Hoosiers actually four-point favorites. So this is one of my favorite bets of the tournament. I love Wyoming. They're 25-8 and eight right now out of the Mountain West. Indiana just 20-13. and 13. And then the winner will go to face the five-seed St. Mary's. So Wyoming, at one point this season... I remember watching them. They were 20-3. and three. They had one of the longest winning streaks in college basketball. Kind of stuttered uh, down the stretch. I believe they were 5-5 five and five in their last 10, which isn't good. But the Mountain West, the best mid-major conference in college basketball, they have four teams in the tournament. So it just tells you the level of competition. So you need to be aware of Graham E.K. He leads Wyoming with 19.6 points per game, 9.6 rebounds. He's the big guy. 
Um, and then they've got Hunter Maldonado, who's their point guard, exceptional. So they've got dudes. I love Wyoming plus four. I think Wyoming wins outright. Not only do I think they win outright, I think they get past them and then beat St. Mary's. So St. Mary's 25 and seven out of the West Coast Conference. So they've got the number five, uh, their number five in strength of schedule in the country. That's because they've played Gonzaga three times this year, the number one team in the country. So that's going to put a slant on things. Aside from the Zags, I mean, the rest of the West Coast Conference, painfully average. I'm not sold on San Francisco. We'll get to that. BYU trash. And so you take the Zags out of the West Coast Conference, who the hell are they playing? And so I, I just, I'm going to roll with Wyoming, not only to beat Indiana, but to also beat the five-seed St. Mary's to get through. Wyoming's head coach, Jeff Linder, as good as it comes in college basketball. He's really outstanding. They can shoot the three. And then they also have, you know, the big guy underneath, EK, that if the three's not working, the big man can work. As mentioned, you know, almost 20 points a game. So this guy, Jeff Linder, at the end of the season, I think he's going to be in the mix for some of the high major jobs. Maybe LSU. I don't know. I'm just throwing this out there. But um, Wyoming, as good as it comes, they'll get through both of those matchups. So then we got number four, UCLA versus number 13, Akron. So Akron, the MAC champs, 24-9 and nine versus the Bruins, 25-7 and seven out of the Pac-12. I really like Akron. It's a good team. The MAC is one of the most underrated, perhaps the most underrated conference in college basketball. Toledo, Akron, and Ohio, I thought all were capable of being tournament teams. Akron got hot at the right time. They're in. UCLA, 13.5 point favorites. I like Akron with the points. This is just the betting line. I think UCLA gets through. Wouldn't be shocked if the Zips beat them because it is a tough, rugged team. But I think it's more of about a 7-8 point game. The Zips will cover. So UCLA, number 119 in field goal percentage versus Akron, number 63. The Bruins only number 102 in three-point percentage. Akron not much better at 72. So uh, I just think it's going to be a closer game than 13 and a half. I wouldn't be shocked if the Zips do win, but UCLA, Johnny Juzang and company, uh, Mick Cronin, you know, I just think that gives them a bit of a slight edge and they'll get through. So also in the East Regional, number six, Texas versus number 11, Virginia Tech. I mean, no mid-major connection here. Texas is a one-point favorite. Everyone has jumped on this Virginia Tech bandwagon, 23-12. Uh, and 12. Texas just 21-11. and 11. Tech, number four in the country in three-point percentage. Um, Texas, number 255. They can't shoot the three. However, there's just one difference, I think, Chris Beard. The Texas head coach, you've seen what he's done with Texas Tech over the past couple years in the tournament, even going back to Little Rock, Arkansas a couple years ago in, what, 2016 when they made a bit of a run. He was a head coach there. So I, just out of sheer coaching um, and the level of talent, I'm going Texas Longhorns minus one. So back to the mid-major connections, number 14, Yale. The Ivy League champs will play number three, Purdue. So Yale, 2011 on the season. Uh, keep in mind, Yale opted out last year, so no Ivy League champ. There was no Ivy League teams. They were all afraid of catching the flu. Nobody played, and then every other conference in the in the country played, and nothing bad happened. So sometimes those Ivy League people ain't as smart as they look. Either way, Purdue, they've got a net rank of number 11 versus Yale, 147. Purdue, number four in the country in field goal percentage, Yale, 149. And also Purdue, number three in three-point percentage, 
versus Yale, number 229, so Yale can't shoot the three. I mean, we know about Zach Eady, good Canadian boy from Toronto, the 7-4 guy down the middle. Uh, Jaden Ivey, the kid, the guard that, you know, everyone's talking NBA potential. I don't think he's as good as many people say, but I certainly think he's better than most of the guys on Yale. So Purdue, minus 15 and a half. However, you know, the Yale kids, the Ivy League kids, you know, haven't been in the tournament in a couple of years. So it'll be, well, keep in mind, the, the tournament before that was canceled. So three years since we've seen an Ivy League team, I think they show up to play. I might go Yale plus the 15 and a half, but Purdue should beat them easily. So this is the team that I've loved. Anyone who's listened to my podcast knows that I've been on the Murray State bandwagon since very early. The Racers, the number seven seed in the East Bracket, will play number 10, San Francisco. San Francisco, one of the most overrated teams in college basketball. If you go watch them play against Gonzaga, so a good team, they've gotten destroyed just about every game. I, I, I watched one game where they gave them about a half, and then the Zags came out in the second half and just ran over them. They don't have any legs. And so Murray State, 30-2. and two. The Racers haven't lost since December 22nd since they lost to Auburn, who's a number two seed in this tournament. So this is a damn good basketball team. They lost, I think, the fourth game of the season to East Tennessee State. Pretty decent team out of the SOCOM, but early season jitters, whatever. And then they corrected it. So Murray State hasn't lost in the year 2022. They're outstanding. K.J. Williams leads them. He's the big guy, 6'9", 6'10", uh, underneath the basket, 18.2 points per game. You got Tevin Brown, who is the number one all-time three-point shooter in the history of the Ohio Valley Conference. You also got a guard named Juice Hill. I mean, any team with a guard named Juice Hill, they're going to make a run. So I have Murray State in one of my brackets making a run to the Sweet 16. I think they get past this. I think they're capable of beating Kentucky based on some of the dudes they have. So some of these, you know, Tevin Brown, this guy's 24 years old. They have men on the team. It's not a bunch of kids. The moment won't be too big for them. Murray State, minus one and a half, one of the easiest bets in all of March Madness as far as the first round of games. Love the racers in this one. Matt McMahon, their head coach, outstanding. Uh, and look, look, the San Francisco head coach, Todd Golden's pretty good. Young guy that's going to be in the mix for another uh, a number of jobs in the future. But um Murray State rolls over them comfortably. So you got number two, Kentucky versus number 15, St. Peter's. Kentucky, just 17.5 point favorites. St. Peter's, the Metro Atlantic champs. Kentucky, obviously out of the SEC and one of the greatest programs in the history of college basketball. I think they run over St. Peter's by 25 or 30. So Kentucky, number five in net rank. Uh, the Wildcats, three and six versus top 25 teams. They're seven and eight versus teams that are in the tournament. So I don't think Kentucky, that's why I like Murray State to, to beat them eventually because I don't think they're as good as many people think. But uh, St. Peter's hasn't played a top 25 team all year. The Wildcats, number 14 in field goal percentage versus St. Peter's, number 234. Oscar Tashibwe, who may be the player of the year and whatever voting. Ty Ty Washington, they're just so deep. NBA guys, they're going to run over them. I love the Wildcats by 25 plus in this one. Uh, but I do love Shaheen Holloway. I interviewed him last year on the podcast. Really good dude. And I think he's got a bright future and doing some great things for St. Peter's. So now we jump to the Midwest bracket. So there's a play-in game, number 16, Texas Southern, versus the other 16, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, flip a coin, right? Look, let me tell you something. You'll be hard-pressed to find anyone in America who's watched more mid-major games than me this year. I certainly would put myself in the top 10. I've watched well over 500 college basketball games this year. The majority are mid-majors. 
I've watched three minutes of Texas uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi and maybe three minutes of Texas Southern. I mean, if you claim to know what's going on in this game, you either are a parent of Texas Southern or a coach or one from A&M Corpus Christi, the Southland champ. So flip a coin. Either way, whoever wins that game will face number one Kansas and get destroyed by 35 point plus or, you know, or, or more. So tough matchup, number eight, San Diego State versus number nine, Creighton. San Diego State out of the Mountain West, 23-8 and eight in the season versus Creighton out of the Big East, 22-11. and 11. Here's the issue with this. It is an 8-9 matchup, but Creighton has lost starting point guard Ryan Nemhart, good Canadian kid. I called a bunch of his high school games when he was up here at Vaughn Secondary before he went down to uh, Montverde and where his brother Andrew plays. His brother Andrew Nemhart, the point guard for Gonzaga. So uh, good Canadian connection there. But Nemhart, I think he broke his wrist or his hand or thumb or something, is out for the season. So without him, I think uh, that gives San Diego State the edge. The Aztecs, number 25 in net rank versus Creighton, number 55. San Diego State, 2-2 two two versus top 25 teams. Creighton, 5-6. and six. So, I mean, fairly even there. Uh, San Diego State, 2.5-point favorites. So, I mean, it's going to be a close game. Love the Aztecs, though. San Diego State, closely, I think, by three, gets through this one. So the next game, we got number 12, Richmond, the Atlantic 10 champs versus number 5, Iowa, who's 27-9. The Richmond Spiders, 24-12. Iowa, 10.5-point favorites in this. Richmond isn't very good. Richmond was a good team two years ago, and it's funny because they keep returning the same guys. Jacob Gilliard, I, I think he might be the all-time leader in steals uh, in NCAA history. Little tiny guy, 5'8", 5'9", can buzz around, can play. But um, obviously, against the size, you know, of Iowa and the level of talent, Iowa just two and five versus top twenty-five teams. I know a lot of people fancy them, Big Ten champs, but they're just two and five versus top twenty-five. Richmond zero and zero. Uh, the Hawkeyes average eighty-four points per game. Richmond just seventy-one point nine. Uh, Iowa number thirty-two in three-point percentage. Richmond number one eighty-eight. Always say if you're a lower seed, you got to be able to shoot to three or have some freakish, you know, big man, i.e. Cameron Krutwig in the pass in the middle that can dominate. I don't think they have either. Uh, Iowa comfortable in this one. Um, although I always hate Iowa against any spread. You know, they always just seem to choke against the spread. But go with the Hawkeyes, minus 10.5. Richmond, just not a very good team. Uh, they'll be gone quick. So here, so this is one of the games that I've spent the most time thinking about. Number 13, South Dakota State Jackrabbits. They're 30-4, and four, the Summit League champs, versus number 4, Providence, 25-5 and five out of the Big East. Um, I love Providence this year. However, I just interviewed Eric Henderson, the South Dakota State head coach, two weeks ago because I've watched them quite a bit. It's one of the most fun teams in college basketball to watch. Providence just two-point favorites in this. Think about that. A 13-4 game, and they're only two-point favorites. So South Dakota State, the number one three-point shooting team in college basketball. Uh, what have I talked about in both pods, right? If you can shoot the three, watch out. And the thing is... It's not just one guy. They do have Baylor Shireman. He's the Summit League Player of the Year. 6'6 guard out of Nebraska. He's an NBA player. This kid is outstanding. Um, go look up when uh, South Dakota State beat Washington State earlier this year. Baylor Shireman on a buzzer beater. Literally broke the ankle of the Washington State kid. Like just destroyed this kid on a shimmy fadeaway from Damian Lillard range. Ridiculous. This guy's unbelievable. They also have a guy named Douglas Wilson who's been the Summit League Player of the Year in years past. Shireman this year's Player of the Year. Um, and then they've got a kid down the middle, Luke Apple. So I talked about this with Eric Henderson, their head coach, a couple weeks ago. 
Number one three-point shooting team in the country. Well, Oral Roberts, same conference, by the way, went to the Sweet 16. Last year, Oral Roberts' last game of the season tried to shut down a three, did a pretty good job. But Luke Apple, who's a 6'8", six, 6'9", six, guy that plays the five, you know, a little undersized, but 41 points. So what that says is, cool, you want to shut down the guards, no problem. We have a guy in the post that we can feed it underneath, and he's more than capable of beating your big man one-on-one. -on -one. And so uh, I love it. You, you know, you want to talk about Providence shooting a three, South Dakota State number one, Providence just number 146. Now, they've got a little bit more size, so they're going to be able to, to you know, work the ball underneath. But I just think if you've got a team that's keep filling up threes, keep filling up threes, battling that with twos isn't going to do it. Another thing I do love about South Dakota State, number 34 in the country in free throw percentage. So if this is a close game, Providence just number 145. I mean, Ed Cooley, coach of the year, you know, I, I, trust me, Providence is a team capable of getting to the Elite Eight. It is a really good team. South Dakota State, however, I think they're this year's Oral Roberts. I think they have the capability to get a sweet 16 run in. So I'm going Jackrabbits plus two. Um, you know, this is one of those ones going to live or die on this one. But uh, my whole bracket kind of rests on this game because I like South Dakota State getting through. I don't see a lot of other people who know them as well as I do. I mean, talked to their head coach for an hour last week. So got maybe a little bit more information than the average guy. Roll with the Jackrabbits. So another game, no major connection, number six, LSU, 22-11 and 11 out of the SEC. Just fired their head coach, Will Wade, a couple days ago. So they're going into the tournament without their head coach. One of the assistants going to take over. Iowa, the 11th seed at 20-12. and 12. Uh, LSU, four-point favorites. Um, I think this is a three-point game. So out of sheer, just I think it's a three-point game. I'm going with Iowa State plus the points. Um, but I still think maybe LSU gets by by about two. So another team involving a mid-major, number 14, Colgate, the Patriot League champs, 23-11. and 11. They're on a pretty good streak. I think they've won well, their last 10. They won 10 in a row versus number 3, Wisconsin, 24-7. and 7. Wisconsin, 5-3 versus top 25 teams. Colgate, 0-0. Zero zero. So here's one of the things that scares the hell out of me about Colgate. We all know they're pretty good, but... Um, they had a guard named Jordan Burns who's playing pro over in Europe right now. A little guy undersized, um, he, you know, almost beat Tennessee by himself a couple years ago. He, he was outstanding, but he's gone. So without him, Colgate does have a couple decent, couple decent guys, but strength of schedule, Wisconsin number 19, Colgate number 317. There's only, what, 325 teams in Division One. So one of the worst strength of schedules in all of college basketball, the Patriot League down this year. I watched them a little bit, watched them a lot more last year. I mean, it was also a coin flip. Navy could have got in. Uh, Army played some decent basketball this year. But Colgate, number two, three-point percentage shooting team in the country, just behind South Dakota State, so they can fill it up. But again, 317 uh, strength of schedule, which means they're filling it up against nobody. So Wisconsin, just as far as threes go, number 296. So, I mean, hey. If Colgate can get hot and shoot some threes, certainly capable of beating Wisconsin. But I do like the Badgers, minus 7.5. I think they win by 15 or more. So go Badgers. The 7-10 matchup, no mid-major connection. Number 7, USC, 26-7 versus number 10, Miami, 23-10. The Trojans, 1.5-point favorites. I do like them. Isaiah Mobley, Evan Mobley's big brother, he's going to get a chance to play in the league. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I do like the Trojans to get through, and then either of those teams should get beat. Miami was good earlier in the year and then was mediocre for the second half of the season, but just barely scooched in there. 
So the 215 matchup involving a mid-major, number 15, Jacksonville State versus number two, Auburn. A lot of people love Auburn. I don't think Auburn's as good as they were a year or two ago. But either way, um, they're 15.5-point favorites. So here's the deal with Jacksonville State. 21-10 and 10 out of the Atlantic Sun. They didn't win the Atlantic Sun. Bellarmine won. So Bellarmine, a new program. Half of you probably don't know who Bellarmine are. They just moved up from Division II two years ago. So there's a rule that when you move up from Division II, you are not eligible for postseason play for four years. Stupid rule. But it is a rule, and that's that. So Bellarmine actually won the Atlantic Sun. Jacksonville State didn't even win their conference, and they're in. And now they're going to go play a 27-5 and Auburn. Jacksonville is the number six three-point shooting team in the country, but they're going to go up against Jabari Smith, maybe the number one pick in the in the NBA draft. Too many dudes, too much speed. Uh, the coaching better um, on Auburn. So Auburn rolls. I'm going to take Auburn minus 15 and a half on this. And so there you go. Can't wait for the hoops to start. So we're going to start. This is Monday night. I'm recording this. I've recorded the other version of the pod Monday afternoon. And then, of course, Tuesday night, we start with the play-in games. I have made a good number of bets, put a whole bunch of bets in through Bodog about an hour ago. Um, and so I'm ready to roll. Got some action. And, I, you know, most of those games there. As far as Final Four, I just did a bracket there. I've got the Zags winning it all. I think this is the year they actually do it. I do like Arizona. Uh, certainly capable. Kansas is going to be in the mix. Um, Tennessee capable of a run. Duke certainly capable of a run. But I don't think they're, you know, quite over the hump just yet. Kentucky in the same boat. But... Love the Zags. Uh, Baylor, not what they were last year, but certainly going to win a few games. But to me, you know, after going through researching, looking at the numbers, it's Gonzaga, Arizona, and that's what it's going to come down to. So thanks for listening. I'm Chris McKee. Of course, check out the website, undraftedfreeagent.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. Drop a line on our socials undrafted underscore fa our instagram starting to get there the twitter we're starting to build it so please drop us a follow i will be posting content interview betting picks all of that good stuff throughout the tournament enjoy the games and thanks for listening the undrafted mid-major podcast with your host chris mckee there's samuel with the steal get your phones out tyree samuel posterizes alex nawaga come on now lugans Oh my! with another steal, spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas, electric first step, blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis, he's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three, and there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew, you don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich, they can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh! 